This is Parking in Bitterman Circle number 60 for December 1st, 2020. Aaron. Welcome to Parking in Bitterman Circle. Uh, today we're going to speak with tour manager Mary Jo Spillane and we're going to find out why twice is nice and the visceral enjoyment of balancing a checkbook. Hope you enjoy. Okay, who are you and where are you from? Joe Spillane, and I live in, well, we'll just call it Syracuse, New York. <laughs> Very good. And what do you do? Um, well, on the road, I'm a tour manager, a production manager, and a tour accountant. Did you, by any chance, study the, the arts as a kid when you were coming up? Did you uh, get exposed to music or theater or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like any kid, I was very much into music and going to concerts and that kind of thing. My father was on the board of directors for Saratoga Performing Arts Center, SPAC, as mm-hmm. you know. And and so I was the obnoxious kid that was backstage. <laughs> and I was, you I'm know... Surprised. I'm surprised what? I didn't run into. I'm surprised I didn't run into you because that was my home venue, and uh, yeah. And now I go there and I go. This is such a cute little building, you know. Well, at the time, I, I thought it was massive, and and mm-hmm. you know, and then I actually we played there two or three years ago, and I actually Googled it. And I'm like, because I remember Newport Jazz Fest being there, and the Grateful Dead being there. And we used to go see anything, even if we didn't know really who they were, just because we would go because right. we could. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and I would show up there basically in the daytime at, you know, during the day and be like, what are you doing? And why are you doing that? And, you know, and I was like, looking back, I mean, like, I wouldn't have put up with me. <laughs> I would have been like, who is this kid? But as part of that, my mother also said, if you're going to go see the concerts, you have to go see the ballet and the opera and everything else. So, mm. you know, it got evened out. Yeah, well, I mean, it's that's such a remarkable venue. The the, the grounds are great. And uh, I, I, I always have this memory of walking across the bridge to get into it. It was like entering a magic kingdom, you know. That's exactly how we used to refer to it, you know? Mm-hmm. In fact, I didn't grow up in Saratoga. I grew up in Scarsdale, New York, and mm-hmm. that's where we came for the um, for the summer. And mm-hmm. I actually skipped my high school graduation, and I was valedictorian. So <laughs> Aerosmith there. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. uh, it, you you obviously fit in this uh, this whole uh, interview <laughs> process. Then you you qualify now. Um, what I mean, was the sort of the I got to do that moment you had? I mean, when did you take a look at it and go, "Hey, I could do this"? Okay, this might sound strange, but I always thought that being backstage was somehow met magical and there was something special going on back there and and I'm like I need to know what's back there <laughs> I need to you know it was like going to see Oz in a way and I want to meet those are can be my friends I like those people and I think we could be really good friends like the guys in Kiss <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think we would have nothing in common or why I needed to be friends with them but and I'm just like, but I always, um, I always had like a, for lack of a better word, I guess a business sense. And my father was part of a car dealership. And so even in fourth grade, he would say to me, because he hated to do it, he'd be like, 
here's all the checks, put them in order. And I would do that. And by the time sixth or seventh grade came around, I was balancing the checkbook, (laughs) which sounds crazy, but it was actually, it was a life experience basically. And my father being very smart had horrible handwriting and he'd be like, just write the check. And then, you know, by the time I was 15 or 16, um, 15 sounds really young, but I think it was 15. I was a signer on the account, you know, because I was, I kept things, I kept track of things. I'm like, this bill is due and we need to pay it now. And this, and, and I, people could read my writing kind of thing. And that's when I, you know, when I saw people back there at concerts and I'm like, I'm like, I would think like, well, is there a budget or, and I mean, before I even really knew what a budget was, (laughs) it's true. And I'm like, who pays all these people and, and who, you know, and all that kind of thing. And, and it just, you know, it's like one of those threads, you pull a thread and then all of a sudden you're have a whole ball of yarn in your hand. And I'm like, Oh, it's not, it's not, you don't have to be an Einstein to be here. You just have to be businesslike. Mm-hmm. And there was always people that weren't, and we'll say, we'll say they weren't businesslike. They were there for the party. They were there for, to be, get married. They were there to have fun. And I just, I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to be around those people. I just yeah. want, I just want to, and I guess maybe it's the control freak in me and a little bit and or a lot. And I'm be like, I could do this. I could be the master of this reality. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, if anything, I, I, I could hear music, you know, yeah. and that would be a reason, a valid reason to be there. Well, you know, the 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 interesting part is that you get that and then all of a sudden we have to find out whether or not you're a person who can handle the travel, the proximity, the the day-to-day with people. I mean, you know, cuz there are people who really have a, a draw to it, but um they they don't have the chops, you know, and uh that's a that's a big jump when you well, go from I think anybody that tours has a certain amount of wanderlust built into elite. You have to, or else you won't survive. And then there's always, you know, I've, I've looked for, I've looked for the exception, but I haven't found it yet. I, I, I believe, I want to believe it's out there and maybe as people mature, we will, I'll find it, but there's always people out there that are difficult. They're happiest when they're miserable, when they're never happy with, you know, like I did this, this, and this for you. And they're like, why didn't you do this? And what's wrong with you? And, and it's just like, and at first I was trying to be, and I think this started when I was in kindergarten, you know, everyone must like me and, and, and there's something wrong if they don't like me. <laughs> but, but then, you know, and I think that happened when I was 30. I'm sorry, 40. I think I was like, you know, if, if everyone doesn't love me, I'm going to be okay. And not everybody in the world can love me. And, and maybe some people I don't want to, but, and, and I said something to an artist once. And I said, they're like, why don't you ever come out to dinner with us and the crew and, and this and that. And I said, well, and this will sound horrible and I don't mean it to be. I said, sometimes I just need to get away from everybody and just relax. And, but, and I do have many, many friends on the crew and and artists and, you know, everybody from catering to truck drivers to everybody, I go, but when you start to hang out with people on a regular basis, and this goes for any job, really, 
then you become, I don't mean to sound bad, but then you become one of them. And, and then, and I've tried that too. And then all of a sudden, when you do need to make a hard decision, like, you know what, this isn't working out, you need, you know, they're going to send you home and, and you try to do it with humility and dignity and stuff like that, then it becomes my fault. And we're friends. How could you do this to me? And, you know, and it's not me doing it. It's just me delivering the message as unpleasant as it is. And, and, you know, I've actually had people call me back and it's some people it's taken five years. (laughs) I've had people come to me after 10 years and be like, you actually were considerate when you did it in, you know, you made the best of a possible situation and you actually made sure I had a flight. You actually made, called me when I got home to make sure I was okay. As much as I told you to F off and how we were the C word and everything else. And, and, but you actually were a decent person. And it, like I said, it might've taken a decade, but you know, it's nice when people actually realize that you had their back to some degree as much as you could. And, uh, and that's why sometimes you just want to, at least for me, sometimes you're just tired and you just need your space. And sometimes you just, just don't want to be around everybody. You know, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah. We've, we've heard that one before. No, I mean, totally. I mean, I, I, I find not so much even as, uh, as, um, your position sort of, um, asks for it, but, uh, but I, I mean, I know, I know, I know a lot of people that, uh, you never see them on days off, you know, and, and it's, they just want, need that time to recharge their battery and to not get so completely wrapped up with the other people. I mean, um, I mean, well, a good example is like you were talking about uh, letting somebody go. I mean, that's how we met. Somebody got let go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Not one yet. after one <laughs> afternoon. Right. And and I uh, remember what I said to you. <laughs> Just kind of be cool. I don't want him to know. <laughs> but even though he was, he wasn't the most pleasant ever person to me. I didn't, I mean, you know, that person does have feelings, sort mm-hmm. of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't think there's anything worse than, than, uh, than finding that out about yourself uh, at the end of the day. You know, I mean, and I've been really blessed. I mean, I've, I've had some, uh, I've had some good gigs and, uh, and, uh, but I, yeah, I can only think of one where I got, uh, got the call you know, and, and, uh, it took me almost four or five years to figure out that it was just business and, and not something else, you know, because, because these, these kind of things, when you, I mean, we really do get adopted into a, into a group like that. And, uh, and it can feel very much like a divorce, you know, especially when it comes up and hits you sideways, you know, um, and then there's the time you and I both worked for the same principal artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I had actually been on tour. He had been on a tour where I had been with an, I'm, if this doesn't make sense, just let me know and I'll explain more. But we, I had been on a tour earlier where he wasn't, I hadn't worked for this artist, but he was on the tour with other artists. And I knew he was a difficult person. And as, um, as a favor to one of my favorite agents, I got a call one day and he's like, you're going to hate me for even asking this. He goes, but he goes, if you could come and help with this, I would be forever grateful. And and this is a friend, you know, and yeah. I, I ended up and I, I think I lasted eight, eight and a half months. And, and, you know, it was difficult. And I knew toward the end, 
in my mind, I knew I can't do any more of this. And then you start to feel the weirdness around you. I mean, you know, you're not getting the whole story. The person isn't talking to you and everything. And then you start, then your mind starts to play a little, some tricks. And you're like, well, maybe I am, I do have an X on my back or that kind of thing. And I haven't done anything, but you know what? Maybe I, I offered him grapefruit juice instead of orange juice in the morning. And, you know, and, and that's kind of what it is. And, you know, and there, <laughs> I don't have a crystal ball sometimes. Yeah. So, well, it's tough. Some, some artists are just that they have no problem with that, you know? Yeah. So, uh, what was your first road gig? Absolutely on the road or working with artists and very closely, you know, for maybe like five to 10 sh- shows at a time, but not physically touring with them. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get to your empire uh, later in the questions. That's for sure. <laughs> I like that, though. <laughs> you make me feel good. Um yeah. I well, I will say it was corn, or I mean, if we really wanted to back up a little bit, was Debbie Gibson. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that actually counts. I just I was in college, and I was good with money, but I wasn't her mother, and her mother was difficult. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I said her name, but it doesn't matter. And, um, and, you know, it was a lot different then. And, and they're like, Hey, you want a job? It's like on the weekends. And I'm like, sure. It's better than McDonald's. Yeah. You know, was she doing, was she doing malls at that point or actual gigs? She's doing gigs, but she was doing um, like a lot of the cat skills like a lot of the Jewish places like Grossman's and, mm-hmm. you know, basically in dirty dancing, everything you think and see in dirty dancing, I was at, and, and it was amazing. <laughs> and, yeah. and, um, and for me, it was great because um, I couldn't drink at the time. Well, illegally couldn't drink and she couldn't mm-hmm. drink and legally. And, yeah. um, and it was, and there was some sort of, for some reason, there was some, I won't say it was like a babysitter because I don't want to belittle anybody, but there was some sort of security having me around. Like, oh, right. Mary Jo's not a drug addict, so she's okay to be around, you know, kind of thing. And and when I was there, the mother wasn't there, but I had no clue what to do other than getting hotel keys or whatever you know and somebody I I had nothing I didn't book hotels I didn't do I didn't do budgets I didn't even reconcile anything I would come in with some receipts and be like here you go and that was it but as long as I was there things seemed to be calmer and that's I mean How's that for a job description? I kept people calmer. <laughs> uh, it's it's not a bad job description. Uh, another person I talked to said, you know, when I, I asked what her position was, and she said problem solver, and I yeah. go, well, yeah, you know, that's that's a, a valid a valid job, at least on the road it is. That's for sure. Um, Very neat. So did you did you have a mentor when you were coming up? No, I didn't. No, you just you just uh, figured the, it out as you went along. Only the people I saw backstage at Spec. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? And um, yeah, that was about it. And I, I think maybe being female, I didn't have, I didn't have any egos or anything. So if I had a question, I asked somebody. So so if I was going to do this, how would I do it? Or what would I do? Or is this, right. am I doing it right? You know, mm-hmm. could you, would you recommend doing it another way? 
And, and then, and actually what I found out with that is people would recommend, there's lots of people willing to give me advice, but the best advice I ever got was just doing it myself. (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 you know, we have to get that experience. I mean, and, you know, quite honestly, I think, you know, like we were saying, um, you know, you can get a reputation for being someone who can take care of problem children, you know, and, uh, you know, I've always, I was, people ask me, what do I do? And I say, well, it's a combination of being a, a, a truck driver and a computer analyst and a child psychologist and, you know, whatever else you can kind of possibly throw in there. Uh, in some cases you have to use skills that are, uh, very similar to that. And, uh, That's you know, truth. I, it, it is. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know if, if, if there's been any kind of increased um, um, interest in what we do, but uh, with all of the, with, you know, the pandemic sort of basically making our, our whole world kind of turned upside down. Um, you know, I mean, the, the people are saying, so, so what have you been doing? You know, and I'm like going, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what I've been doing since since this stopped. It's just sort of, uh, you know, uh, we never have seen anything quite like this. I mean, it used to be that when the, the economy was good, we had work. When the economy was bad, we had work, you know, and uh, this is something brand spanking new. Um, well, um who influenced you? Did anybody influence you? I mean, this, I'm talking now, not just mentor like, but I, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, even, even um, artist wise, have any, has anybody sort of kind of um, guided your thoughts in a way? I mean, we, we all end up meeting some pretty remarkable people and some of them uh, you can interact with and some of them you can't you know some of them are are some of them are so in the bubble that you you basically are just a you know a a human outside of what's going <laughs> outside of where they are at you know but uh, i mean do you, i mean we all we all kind of uh we we listen to groups we listen to uh the people that we work with and uh and sometimes you get you know, uh, and I mean, for me, I know it's, uh, there were, there were musicians, actual, you know, like guitar players and stuff who, who were sort of an inspiration to me and kind of, it sort of pushed me along to do what I do, you know, not that I was going to work for them or anything, but, uh, but this is something that I wanted to be a part of. Well, I, I think that morphs a little bit as you mature and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. I mean, when I I started this, I was 18 years old, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the people I was very enamored with and I thought that was were the coolest people and, and they still are, but Mm -hmm. then when you're like in your thirties or forties or fifties, then Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you kind of look back and you see things and, some of the people I thought that could do no wrong and who are still incredible people, the pedestal that I put them on isn't quite as high as when I was 18 or 19, 20 years old, when I was, when I'm 50, you know, mm-hmm. you're on a smaller, and again, I'm not taking anything away from them, but I think that's just maturity. And I've had a lot more life experience as well. And, and then, you know, and that happens a little bit once you get a few, some experience under your belt and, and you look back and you're like, Hmm, why did they do it that way? I would have done it this way, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and there's no right or wrong. It's just, you know, for me, it was easier to go right for them. It was easier to go left. Yeah. You know, and I've actually spoken to some people who could do no wrong. And, and in many ways they still can't. And they're very, very smart. I was, um, I was watching, uh, I was watching, uh, 
PBS special oh, a couple months ago. And I texted somebody who was the production manager for this specific PBS special. And I said, do you remember when during the rehearsals, I was not on this tour, but I happened to be visiting when they were doing the rehearsals and um, an iconic band, legendary. Mm. And um, I said, do you remember that? And I'm like, it really is amazing. Everything that was pulled off during this, this tour. And we, we kind of, and then we kind of reminisced, God, I'm making mm. myself sound older, but we reminisced about some other things we had done together. And, you know, and he said some very nice things about me. And I said, you know, had it not been for you waking me up, usually with a squirt gun in my face and walking in to do points with you. And I'm like, I had no idea what points were or where they would go. Or, and I go, I didn't care. <laughs> it's not yeah. on my realm. I go, but you took the time and you made sure I was there and you included me in such a thing, you know? And, and the next time I was there, or maybe a couple times after, without you even being around on something different, then people saw me in a different light. And they're like, well, you know, we know we settled the shows with you, but what do you think about this? And then, you know, when they gave me the bill, the labor bill, you know, <laughs> you have a stage manager, could you look that over as well? And, and I, you know what? I did know what they were talking about because I was included. And, right. and that's, you know, and I've tried to do the same thing with some people. And then sometimes you can do that. And then sometimes, sometimes people just don't want to be included. Right. You know, like Absolutely. I'm sleeping, leave me alone. You know, I'm like, well, yeah. I was sleeping too, but you know, it, it helped me in words I never even saw coming ever. Mm-hmm. Even if I knew which, what case went on the fifth case to go on, at least I was, I looked smarter at least. I'll get it for you. I've always said, be careful working with your heroes. You, you might end up disappointed. You know, I, you know, I've, I've had a little bit of experience with that. I've, I mean, and thank goodness it's not always the case, but uh, no, it's not, you know, um, but you got to cut them some slack too, though. I mean, they're they're not superheroes and, and they're still, even to this day, uh, if I had a problem or whatever, I would call them up and I'm like, have you ever, and I've done this. I'm like, have you ever been to this place in Rome, mm-hmm. Italy, not New York? And, yeah. and, you know, and it's still somebody that a go-to person that you can bounce ideas off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is kind of uh, into another, another, uh, department here uh being the boss do you trust your departments or does it end up being like the movie fantasia where you've got a hundred buckets and mops flying in every direction i mean do you do you do you basically know uh for you does the the art of uh gee what's the word i'm looking for it's not here it's not in my brain right now but i'm trying um, delegating. Yeah. Delegating is a, yeah, that'll work. That'll work. That's a good one. Yeah. Are you, I mean, as far as delegation or, I mean, have you, have you had your, your, uh, experiences with micromanagement, I guess is, uh, what I'm asking. Yes, I have. <laughs> In the beginning, um, I felt like I had to know Every single way, every part worked, every, you know, everything, every from each light till to I EQing the system to everything. And and that is I mean, I guess that's OK if you have a tour with the three people, you know, yeah. but when you get into the tours of a couple hundred people and and, you know 
several tractor trail, you know, 20 something tractor trailers, you're going to, you're going to end up in the hospital. <laughs> if you do that, it's true. Mm -hmm. And I think, I, I think, I think you have to do a certain amount. I don't think you can just party all the time. Like we were led to believe in the eighties and nineties mm -hmm. and what other people would have you feel like they could, you know, Oh, I don't have to do it. And you know, I hardly yeah. sleep and that kind of, I mean, that's a lie. And um, <clears throat> I think I always, you have to treat it like a business. Like you have mm -hmm. to show up for work. You have to be present. You have to, um, you can't take too many vacation days. I mean, I was in France. I'm probably going to say it was at least five, if not six times in the city of Paris with a day off before I actually got to the Louvre. And that's mm -hmm. the truth because yeah. I had other things to, I, not that I had other things to do, but I had work to do where I couldn't take the time. And, you know, and that's part of a mistake too, because I should have either planned a little better or, um, you know, I should have said, nobody's going to die. If I don't do some receipts today, mm -hmm. I could do it tomorrow and, you know, and go, take some time and see the loop. And again, maturity helps you with that to put things in perspective. So back to your question. <laughs> yes. So <clears throat> in the beginning, I mean, I think I had a whole class when I had, when I took my master's degree that uh, had nothing about rock shows or anything, but, about trusting your coworkers and uh, people that you've given authority to. And, you know, human nature, you're not going out to hire a loser or somebody that's going to stab you in the back or something. People want to do the best thing. They want to do a good job. I mean, that's human nature. Mm -hmm. And if they're not doing a good job, the fault could be on you, not, not communicating with them what you expect from them mm -hmm. to some degree. Um, so, you know, you have to trust people and I don't tune guitars anywhere near somebody like you who had like, what did you have? Like 30 or something guitars on one tour. We're talking about the same and you never knew what you were going to grab and what mm -hmm. sometimes you didn't even know the tuning. I'm like, I'm not that person. I mean, I could tell you if it was out of tune, but I, I'm not. So you have to trust the people that you hire and right. you have to give them the space in order to do their job, you know? And, but, you know, depending on my job description for that specific tour, am I walking the floor before doors open? to make sure that things aren't on the ground. Can we pick up that? Can we neaten that up? You know, hey, where's the extra piece of barricade? You know, yes, sometimes you need extra eyes. Sometimes you just need to get people in, in a groove. And sometimes it just, and that's yeah. why you have rehearsals. Absolutely. 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 Finish this sentence. A road crew travels on its blank. Camaraderie. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Morale. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, that's, uh, it's amazing. I mean, literally, people have taken this literally and, and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. I know uh, the people that I respond to are the people that say catering. And I go, okay, so um, it works, true. everyone. Um, Catering goes with morale, though. You know? Yeah, it does. It can change morale in a matter of seconds. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is a, this is a, a production-y question. Purse string, sometimes the right thing and the thrifty thing are the opposite. 
Are we looking at a pennywise pound foolish situation when we're when we're touring? I mean, we all try to keep our expenses down, but sometimes you you got to pay. That's true. Absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a quick um, a quick example. So, oh God, I'm talking 20 years ago. There was an artist that wanted to fly private, and um, and some of the other artists were like, we don't need, it's too expensive. We don't need to. And, um, and there was, and it was, it was causing some, what, I don't know, polarity, you know, like part of them were going over this way, part of them like, you know, and in the end, so part of them were flying, part of them were driving to the next shows. And it was starting to cause a crack between, um, because, you know, you need to look, and I'll say it, you've heard it. It's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And, right. you know, what can start off as a little crack can get to a big fissure by the time. Oh, and yeah. I actually, and it took a lot of work and I priced it out and I'm like, okay. And if we go with this plane and this and that, and this and that, yes, this plane, this plane will cost X amount of dollars. But if we do this plane once or twice a month, for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. every month for only once or twice a month, that will get us a half another show or whatever. And by the time the month is over or the year is over, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't have my notes in front of me, but um, that will get us another three or four complete shows by spending that money. And it will keep him happy. It will keep you guys happy. It will give you some time off. And I, and I presented it to them that way. And I said, it's your money. I, I just, I'm the nerd who looks up things Mm -hmm. and, and they had their own and they came with their own decision and um, they decided to use a plane and there was no infighting anymore. The crew was happy because they were not underfoot. There you go. That's a great way of saying it. And, um, and I was happy because the crew was happy with me because I do still up to this day in time, I want to please people, you know, because I do feel in a way people laugh at me sometimes. And, and again, I feel like I'm having, like you're a guest in my home, even though it's not my home and I want people to be comfortable and and I used to be at a place where we like, oh, you know, we're going to France and you could do this and you could go do this. And if you're like not into art, you could go do this. And if you love good hot chocolate, you can go do that. And I used to come up with these big, amazing and very time consuming. <laughs> and, and I, you know what, a couple years ago, somebody came up to me at a meet and greet with my printout of that and goes, I still have this, you know, and it, I actually brought me to tears and I'm like, wow. he goes, I've probably done about, and he goes, I've taken it to other tours too. And he goes, because I didn't get to do it all in one day when I was there. Mm -hmm. And he goes, but I've taken it again. And he goes, I'm, I'm checking things off. And I'm like, I go give it back. I want to do it again too. (laughs) (laughs) Part of the reason why I still do backline is because I, uh, I like having days off. You know, I, I wandered into production for a while and that was okay. But, um, I, I just found that, um, it was just, too much to ask. I mean, the energy I put into doing the show, I've, I was, I mean, as I've gotten older, like we're talking about, uh, I needed all of that energy and all that focus to make these shows work. But, uh, you know, living with no days off, how do you do it? I mean, what, what kind of person does it take to, to, uh, kind of, be on the move 16 hours in a, in a single town and then you're on your way somewhere else. Uh, I mean, it does take a special kind of person. Well, I'm going to stop you right there because I don't believe that backline guys or women or people in general ever really get 
day, complete days off because when there's a show going on, I mean, you're on the firing line and if something goes wrong or goes down and even if it has nothing to do with your, anything that you've done and it could be a power fluctuation that you can't control a thunderstorm, anything, or somebody from that building tripping over something that you haven't even seen. I, I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're like in the firing line. And so, and then even days off, I mean, you're checking things, you're ordering supplies, you're, I mean, so I don't see like people, yes, maybe you're recharging, maybe you go out for a few drinks or wh whatever you guys do, or go to movies and hang out or watch movies. <laughs> but I'm going to say it's not, it's not like you're in a spa or anything. Yeah. I sure. hope you are, but yeah. the, um, the, you know, there's, it's a lot of pressure being there with the artist, you know, because you're the one who's, he's the one or she's the one that you're the face that they're going to either, even if they're, they don't mean to or anything when the, when it, you're in the firing line, you know, I can go run and hide in an office. Not that I do, but you know what I mean? And, um, and, and, and to make that worse, I mean, you guys are usually either getting chastised or having a discussion in front of like 20, 30,000 people. That's hard to do too, mm -hmm. you know? So it's not, I mean, there's no one job that's easier than the other. I think the people that are in tour management or production manager, um, any of those sort of jobs, there's a need somewhere deep down in there. There's the controlling little kid still there. Like I have reports and I don't know if you should be putting this up, but I have report cards from preschool. I went to preschool twice. So, you know, there was the two years of preschool and the report cards and someday I'll, I'll probably frame it, but um, it says, I, <laughs> Mary Jo has control issues. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in the sandbox and I was rearranging everything and I was telling them, no, that's not where the roads go. They go over. Oh, wow. here. Yeah. And that's seriously. And we're talking three, four years old. And, and I think there's those sorts of people that, um, and I'm not saying this happens for everybody, but I think for some people, I would rather work all night or work all week or before or work on days off or whatever. So not that I can get it my way, but I can have a, a voice in things. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I think, I always think of, of uh, those uh, control issues situations and I, and it's someone, someone we both know, I was wondering where he got his control issues from. And then there was a visit. His mother came to the show and we actually caught her alphabetizing the drinks in the bus tubs in the, in the dressing room. Yes. And I said, I, okay, I get it. I ding, get it ding, now. Ding. Yeah. It's amazing. You get yes. a little bit of insight into somebody, you know, by, uh, by checking out their family. Um, Proudest moment, professional or personal? What do you, uh, what, what stands out in your mind? Oh, I have a couple different ones. I mean, yeah, I mean, made it through Syracuse University twice. <laughs> that's, you know, that's a community in a, in a different way. I mean, it's a fan. Yeah. I've been around the world and was wearing, an SU shirt and in Russia and somebody came up to me, the uh, general manager of the arena and I can't do his Russian accent. And he's like, did you go there? And I was like, yes. And, and he goes, 
And he, he brought me into his office and he pointed to his diploma. And wow. I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and then we were like, go orange. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it is sort of, it's, it's a, it's another sort of family and kind of thing to you. Just like being on tour, that becomes your family and your, your brothers and your sisters and all that kind of thing. Some you love, some you're not so crazy about, but you know, you're, those are people you have experience with experiences mm-hmm. with, you know, yep. whether it be around the world or that kind of thing. I'm always happy and always somewhat amazed. Um, not that I don't believe in other people, but almost in myself, like when you, <clears throat> when you're at those original and I'm lucky enough to be included in a lot of these projects from the beginning, like uh, design meetings. And I'm like the most least creative person around there. And when, <laughs> and when because you're almost dealing with people that are like way out there and they're like, and they're like, and if we do that and we make, and we make stars and then it can snow. And then, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And then, and then when you make their dream come in and then you make that happen within the criteria of a budget and you actually come out on the other side with a profit, that's, I'm like, how did we do that? Because it was never supposed to be like that. So, I mean, there's been a lot of times like that. And then there's been times where I've had artists um, that I've inherited that are doing full-size tours and leaving their tours with a 21, 20, I'm sorry, a 2% uh, margin of return. And I'm like, why even bother? You know, right. why did you do that? And then, and then after, <clears throat> and a lot of communication has gone on and a lot of, and, and management has been part of this. I mean, it's, it's become like a whole team effort, agents and everything. And by the time you're done, you've gotten them up, not exactly where they should be, but a more acceptable 24% margin of return because you've helped. And I won't say stare them, steer them. They're not dolls or robots or anything like mm-hmm. that, but they've made their own decisions, but you've helped present them the options. And so going from a 2% margin of return to a 24%, that's a big deal. And that, that is me, a big deal. made me very proud. Yeah. I, uh, I got hired for one job where things basically the, uh, the amount of gear being used for this one project was, was out of control. And, um, they brought me in to, to manage it, but also, uh, in time to streamline it. Voice of reason. um, And yeah, well, not really. I, I'm, I'm, it was as much a part of the problem as I was the solution. You know, there's a lot of people involved, but, uh, what I was trying to do is provide, provide the band with everything that they could possibly need. Um, in a certain situation. And then that was the, and it says, well, let's, what can they not, you know, what do they not have to deal with? And it's like, okay, here we go. And when we were done, I think the understanding was, is that each freight move that we did was now $80,000 less. So for, I mean, just for this one department. That's huge. Yeah, it it was huge. And uh, you know, and, and and sadly, I think I get that, I downsized myself out of a job too. But uh, hey, these things happen, you know. You know, I, I consider I consider it a, a win, one in the win column. You know, that is a win. I'll ask you a quick question back. I mm-hmm. mean, have you ever felt yourself trying so hard to do something for the good of your employer, being being a good person, and that? And then other people don't really get what you're doing. Like, like um, I've told people, <clears throat> and they've gotten really good salaries. And you said, 
they're like, well, I want to fly first class. And I'm like, okay, but do you really need to fly first class for a flight that's an hour long? Or are we talking more across the ocean? Because one I can completely get on board with. And the other one, I'm like, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. And they're like, nope, I'm going to fly first class no matter what. And then it's just like, why do I even bother? You know? Right. It's like, no matter how much I try, it's never going to sink in. Yeah. I I can think of a crew person who was starting to complain about uh, specific airlines and saying, I don't like the first class in this. I want to be flying in first class with this particular airline. And it's like, uh, okay, well, how about that? You know? (laughs) It's amazing. I mean, I think, yeah, things uh, things do sometimes grow out of control, but yeah. uh, but uh, hey, you know, in the end, I think these things just they end up solving themselves. I've also and and I know you've discovered this as well. The legacy acts get it, and that's why they're legacy acts, and that's why they've mm-hmm. been around twenty thirty and more years because they get it and mm-hmm. you know and they treat their their people and their vendors and everything with respect and the way it should be they're fair but they're practical yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean i i i've just uh and this is coming to our, our last question here about the, the pandemic and how it's affected us. Um, I have the, the, the great honor of, of working with um, a group who um, went online and did a, a, a streamcast with a tip jar. And the money was for the crew, for the, uh, the office and for the agent. And um to take the time to make the effort to, 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 to get it all get, you know, together without a crew. I mean, they're basically, you know, on their own. Um, and I was just, just, just uh, very touched by it. Very That's touched the by real it. Deal. That's the real you know? deal. And uh, you know, I mean, cause I've, I've worked for other people where they used to do, okay, we've done 99 shows, the hundredth show we're going to do and take care of the crew. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've been around that before too. And the exact opposite seen that too. Oh yeah. And, and you just go and you just, all you have to do is sort of accept that, you know, but for us right now, I mean, all bets are off. Everybody's, everybody's parked up right now, you know? And, um, uh, I, I'm encouraged by the, the vaccination news I've been hearing lately. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I think for, for promoters and venues and, and you know, the, the, the insurance liability stuff has to get all sorted out, whether we're, you know, checking everybody's temperature as they walk in the building. You know, I, I don't know what it's going to be like. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a new normal one way or the other. But, I hate uh, that term. Well, I do too, but I mean, but it, 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 but it is what it is. I mean, because it's a, it's another shift. It's a big shift and um, we're going to have to, uh, I don't know, find a way to do our gigs with a mask on, you know, I don't know. Well, if we're vaccinated, we should be fine. We should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the thing is too, I mean, it's nothing we all haven't been through before. I don't know where you were on 9-11, but I remember thinking my life is over and how are we ever going to fly again? And you know what? You get used to that too. I mean, yeah, the body and the human being is very resil- resilient and, oh, yeah. you know, and that will happen too again. Um, I, I was just offered a job. Um, I've actually been offered several jobs from things I never, ever saw coming in a way I did, in a way I didn't. One of them was from Brinks. Like, not that I want to drive an armored, um, armored vehicle or whatever, but they said to me, um, I actually have a friend who I go targets shooting with. He's a, a vet. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually works at the Syracuse Dinosaur Barbecue. 
which I'm sure you've mm. been to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and he goes, he goes, I know this is above you or you're above this. He goes, but would you for something to do? And I go, what, what's going on? He goes, would you go into one of the counting rooms and count their money? And I go, why wouldn't I? And why is that? Why am I above that? I go, I go, if I can get to handle like a hundred, couple hundred thousand dollars a, a day, sure. Why not? And, yeah. um, and I mean, I did that in college, working my way through college and yeah. I worked in a, um, a bank. I, in fact, I got to balance the ATMs, which was kind of fun. I, said, <laughs> well, I go, you never, you never know who you're going to meet. I might meet my, one of my next best friends or, you know, you can always use another friend. And he goes, he goes, he goes, I know you can count money. He goes, I know you're good with money. He goes, but you know what the tipping point is here? And I said, what? He goes, he goes, you need a conceit. You need a, a pistol permit to be in the counting rooms. And I go, Oh, and he goes, he goes, and you have a concealed carry. And I go, yes, I do. And I go, he goes, he goes, I bet you never thought that would be an asset. <laughs> And I go, I go, you know, my mom has always said, that's crazy. What are you, what are you doing? You know? And I'm like, and I, I'd like, I did call her the other day and I said, yeah, the person who doesn't, who will never amount to this with your pistol permit, guess who got a job. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, wild. Actually, it's actually really kind of cool. It's like, um, I guess I've been driving by it for years. It just, I mean, they don't put a sign, a neon sign that says Brinks or anything, but it's, it looks like um, it's in, it's almost in the worst neighborhood. I won't say the worst, but what I would consider the worst neighborhood. And you walk in and a d door closes behind you. And of course it's all on camera. And when that opens, it's, it's kind of like being in Joburg. <laughs> And that opens, you go into the next room and then the door closed. I mean, it's, so I don't, I don't feel scared. I don't feel like I'm going to be around COVID people or anything like that. And I, you know, it's something I find, I won't say relaxing, but I, I'm familiar with, you know, it's, it's old news to me. So it's, and I'm like, and I, and they're like, why are you smiling? I'm like, because I, I understand this. <laughs> you know, we, we get here in a, a myriad of ways. We all True. seem to get here. And, uh, um, and I've, I never, I'm never real. I always get surprised by, uh, you know, what people tell me, how they got to the, to the road and, and how they, uh, how they got to do what they do. It's um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm still working on the house I'm building. And mm -hmm. in college, I had gone through a real estate class, never got my license. And I started that again, too, only because um, I want first dibs on houses I want to buy. <laughs> yeah. As weird as it is. And I've met a few people in my, in my neighborhood now. I didn't even know they were bro brokers. And they're like, and they're like, oh, you're going to do well. And I'm like, well, you don't even know me. And they're like, just your story. People will want to meet you. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. really? And I'm like, I could put platinum plaques up in my office or whatever, <laughs> if that helps. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, I, I know I said that was the last question, but I've got one more question to go. Mm -hmm. uh, Ross Halfen is a what? Is God. <laughs> well it's been a joy talking with you and um and you and know thank you so I much for making the time you. thanks and uh you know stay safe stay stay well you know and uh i can't wait to see the house when it's done I am going to have the biggest party ever. And I have a feeling I could probably get a band or two to come by. Cheap. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to get out of the house. Maybe photographers there too. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll be in touch. All right. You know, I love you. I love you too. Take care.